You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello and hello all to the Young Line Podcast here on Podmania. I am your new host, Christopher O'Brien, taking over from Rob, who unfortunately just doesn't have enough time to watch all the wrestling under the sun. So I'm taking over the best promotion in the world that's not called Progress, New Japan Pro Wrestling, for the foreseeable future, assuming they like me. I hope they like me. I really hope they like me. I have nothing else going on in my life. Ha 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 ha, I'm crying. But on that depressing note, we are here today to talk about Pro Wrestling Duntaku, the latest show from New Japan Pro Wrestling, happening on the 3rd and 4th of May, over in Fuoco in Japan. Such a good card. I mean, the first part is, of course, just B-show tag matches, which I didn't even watch on the second night, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I skipped to the end of them to see if stuff happened, and boy, did stuff happen after the matches, but the matches themselves just sort of, they're fine. If you want to see people getting their shit in, Go watch them. They they'd be good as a raw main event, but I I just don't. There's not enough time, man. Especially now, like for bigger shows, I'd of course watch them, the whole thing. But it it's a B show. The last few matches of both cards are of course worth watching, but for the most part, this, these tag matches are totally skippable. And for because of that, I'm not going to go into too much detail on them. But that being said, um, the first match was. Takahashi and Owens versus a couple of young boys. The young boys look really good um, for young boys. Um, they c- seem to be coming on nicely. One of them has a really good drop kick. Um, Don Carlos has a great call saying that why would you use a missile drop kick? You just land on the back of your neck. That is a great call. Don Carlos is a gift to us. He's the biggest gift we've got a year. Not Omega versus Jericho. Not Rey Mysterio returns. Not. Gagano versus Almas or Gagano versus Champion. Now, the biggest gift we've been given in the past year has been Don Carlos on commentary. He's just been really good and he's really pulled up Kevin Kelly, who, when he was in Ring of Honor, I could hardly stand. I love Steve Carino, I couldn't stand Kevin Kelly, he was really annoying. But Don Carlos has really um, pulled up Kevin Kelly in the same way JR pulled up um, Jerry Lawler, because Jerry Lawler about JR just isn't worth what listening to. I went on a little tangent. First match was just a young boy match. Nothing special. The young boy was braced to take the package power driver, I guess. Second match was Jushin Liger, Taguchi, and Tiger Mask taking on two young boys in Yuji Nagata. The old timers won. That was about it. There's really nothing to talk about in this match. That is literally it. It's nice to see Liger and it's nice to see Taguchi and Tiger Mask and Yuji Nagata. But, you know, if I wanted to see them, I'd kind of just go watch one of their old matches. I mean, I understand it's fair purely for A, the Young Lions, and B, the live crowd. But I I have very little interest in this match and I don't think anyone else really did. This is definitely, if you're watching it live, go make a cuppa. Or if you're not watching it live, skip it. It's just a Young Boy match. The next match saw Rapungi 3K beat Suzuki Gun of David Boy Smith, Lance Archer, and Azuka in two minutes after they brought into the crowd, came back, one of them rolled up the big lads, and that was it. It was a nothing match. I don't even think the crowd cared, which is weird. Crowd normally care when you brought into the crowd, but nobody really cared. Um, the only thing of note in this match was Davy Boy Smith 
was wearing his Heart Foundation jacket. And it's not like he was just wearing the thing with his Heart logo on the back. That I'd be fine with. It literally said Heart Foundation on it. No, you don't do that, you fucking carny. Don't do that. Like, it's disrespectful to you, to the company you are working for. I understand if you're on some sort of indie promotion and it, the poster just says, former WWE star, David Boy Smith Jr. But you're not. You're in fucking New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's not as big as WWE, but it's still big enough for you to respect it and to not wear your fucking fed clothes in it. You carny. Absolute carny. That's literally the only thing that stands out about this match. It's a nothing match. Davey Boy Smith, you're a fucking carny. We have some hot bullet club action next. I just said that. Some hot, steamy, tonguing on American slash British bullet club action. Um, Six man championships are on the line. It's for Tongan selection, I guess, from Bullet Club, Tamatonga, Tongaloa, and Balak Fale taking on the Young Bucks and Mighty Skill. Um, I love Mighty Skill trying to do the V Elite, V V Elite thing um, occasionally, and the Young Bucks just looking at him going, what the, fuck, what the fuck are you doing, man? Why do you think that's cool to do? No, don't do that. Um, it was a fine match. Like, it's mostly just standard Young Bucks affair. To be honest, like there's a very much a formula to Young Bucks six man tag matches, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's just fine. It's really bad, and this one wasn't bad. It was just sort of, it was fine. Um, but one complaint I have about this match, like in terms of a major complaint, is definitely that Marty should not be doing this um, heel um, jobber comedy shtick that he's been doing. Like at the beginning, the selling he was doing with Farley, that was jobber comedy selling. That wasn't. That's not. You're just acting like a job, am I? And I get that's probably how you're um, betray- uh, meant to be portrayed, especially considering what happened um, after the Kushida Osprey match, which we'll be getting into later. But yeah, it's just not. It's don't do that, Marty. But although at the beginning of the match, it was it was funny when Marty tried to attack Farley from behind. Farley's like, "Haha, you fucked up," and then he tries to tag him with young bucks, and they're just like, "Haha, no, fam." We're not getting in with that massive piece of meat. Um, after that, it was sort of normal Young Bucks affair. I don't think Marty really meshes with the Young Bucks in terms of six-man tag action. Um, like, whenever he did a triple-team move, with the one exception of the fake-out superkick into the triple superkick, that was a really good spot. But other than that, like, he doesn't do flips or anything. Like, that's the way Hangman and Kenny work so well, because they can be... Um, near as nearly as athletic as Matt and Nick. Matty isn't. Matty's very much a traditional wrestler. Very little, very little high high flying stuff. So with the Young Bucks, it just doesn't sort of work. Like um, when they were doing a double moon, so he just sort of did a fist jump, and it looked a bit. It was like Marty really doesn't need to be here, does he? Um, Nick did a really no. It's Matt. What is one of the two? Fuck. Um, did amazing. Got um, cart screw out of the. Out of the ring near the end of the match, um, just jumping up and corkscrewing out. Um, all the Young Bucks greatest hits. Um, there was a great magic killer from um, the Tongans into a splash from Valley, but yeah, for the most part, it's just sort of standard Young Bucks match. I'm not really happy with them winning the titles. They won with more bang for your buck. Uh, I'm not happy with them being champions, to be honest. Again, I don't think Marty really fits, and especially seeing what happened later in the night, I don't really think the Marty or the Young Bucks really needed the titles, but you know, here we are. Because um, Marty has Super Juniors coming up. Um, Young Bucks challenge, um, are challenging for the tag titles, so really they have no need for the six man titles. Just keep them on 
um, the gorillas and Fally, but that's definitely the best course of action in my opinion. But you know, it's a bit late now. It's all sort of done. It's a good match. Six out of ten. I'm gonna be ranking matches I feel are important, and this was an important match because it was a title match. Six out of ten. No real complaints. It's just sort of a fine match in the middle of the card. Just realised I've forgotten match, which can you blame me? It was just another ten man tag that I skipped through. To be honest with you, it was the chaos team of Hiroki Goto, JY, Ishi, Toriano, and Yoshiashi, ta- um, taking on the f- team of David Finley, Juice Robinson, Michael Elgin, Toa, and Toga Makabe. Decent match, kind of. I kind of skipped my way through it. It was fu- um, fine. Jay White won with the Blade Runner, and that was it. Um, him and Juice stare down afterwards, which is a match I am very much looking forward to at Dominion. Juice versus um, Jay. That's going to be good. Both guys have been impressing me. People give Jay White a lot of shit, but you know what? He's really good, and he has so many years to improve. Like He's so young, and he has so many years to improve. Just give him time, and he'll be great. Like I think the gimmick's there. He needs a bit work of promo. His look, especially his face, he looks like a ki- he does look like a child. But for the most part, he's fine. He's cap- very capable in the ring. To be fair, the only ch- he had a great match with Kenny. To be fair, everyone has a great match with Kenny. But the only person he's been given is Hangman, and that's someone on the same level. They're not gonna go up together. I think this match with Juice could be his coming out party because Juice did great in G One last year. I can see him doing great. Against Jay here, I can't. I just think it's going to be a really good match. Call me a fanboy. I really like Jay White. He's my boy. He's absolutely my boy. After the Bucks match, there was a video package with Bone Soldier. It it's much better than it sounds. It gets better. Trust me. Next up was the LIJ team of Bushi, Evo, Takahashi, Sanada, and Naito taking on the Suzuki Gun team of El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, fucking Taichi, no one likes you, um, Kanemaru and Zack Sabre Jr. Just, again, another 10-man tag, not really worth talking about. It's great seeing Evil back. He got the win with everything is evil. All is good. And then the Young Bucks came out to challenge for the um, heavyweight tag team titles, which I'm really looking forward to. I think as heavyweights, Young Bucks can do a lot more. They've sort of had that Super Junior match. Um, against different junior teams far too much. Other teams need t- time to shine, and I think it's a great promotion for Young Bucks. I think it's a great move. And they've challenged for the titles before, actually. They've challenged for Briscoes, but we've all seen the Young Bucks take on the Briscoes a million times. We didn't need to see it again. We haven't seen this, and both teams have been killing it, and both teams are great, so I think it's... Barring some matches, it has the potential to steal the show at Dominion, because some matches are just insane at Dominion. We're going to be getting into that later on. But can't complain. Really looking forward to the Unbox match, but really this match isn't worth watching. Just It's a, basically a preview for Dominion, again. That being said, I'm really sad that Suzuki isn't champion, and I'm really sad he didn't lose it on an actual main show. He lost it on a Road 2 show. But he had, he was a great champion. He was must-see. Suzuki's always must-see. I wish he'd have a shot with a world title, but it's just not going to happen, which is really unfortunate. But yeah, it's a shame, because I do think Suzuki's better than Naito, but... The money match is Naito versus Jericho, so I'm not really going to complain and having a title on it. Actually, I think having a championship on it isn't quite as good, in my opinion. Mostly because what the, the Jericho's obviously not going to win it. Although he might. He might actually win. I'll get into this when I'm talking about Jericho on night two. Just, I wish Suzuki was still champion. Next up was Okada and Osprey taking on Tanahashi and Kushida. It was a really good match. I can't actually remember any of it because I was really asleep and I didn't end up taking notes. What I do remember, though, was a great catching armbar um, 
from a springboard with Osprey and Kushida. They had some great sequences, as did Okada and Tanahashi. It was very much a preview for the next night. Um, it's a really good tag match. I'd recommend watching it. I just can't remember much of it because I was tired when I watched it. I'm probably going to rewatch it like, at some point. Next up, Cody Rhodes takes on Kota Ibushi in a rematch from the Wrestle Kingdom 12 match, which is definitely the best match Cody has had since leaving WWE because it's Kota fucking Ibushi and he can pull magic out of people unless it's this match. This ma- I didn't enjoy this match very much, um, the, especially the beginning. Like, I understand a lot of the style in Japan is building up to a crescendo, but this match didn't feel like it was building up to a crescendo. The first... I'd, I want to say like 10, 12 minutes of this match was, it felt like Cody stalling. That's all it felt like. I wasn't, didn't even feel like heel work. It felt like he was stalling. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't wearing down. It was just stalling. I can't put it any other way. Cody was stalling in this match. And I hate to say that because I do think Cody's good, but sometimes he does pull shit like this and we, people give shit to Randy Orton for doing stuff like this, but Cody does it just as much, which actually makes some form of sense. It's funny, at one point, Don Callis was like, yeah, um, this is Cody's kind of match, and I'm just like, and I put in my notes, yeah, this is Cody's um, type of match, because it's really fucking boring, which is is really mean. But, yeah, as soon as Cota took charge, this match really took off. Um, Cota's kicks are just brutal. The bombing he does, that is just amazing like it looks like you've taken your head off and i love how everyone just sells cota's kicks like they've been shot because it looks that painful um cody did a dive at one point and he he shouldn't do it like getting up to the top turnbuckle was graceful the dive to the outside itself wasn't it wasn't very great um grateful graceful at all this cody don't dive it's not part of your like disaster to kick yeah but don't Dive. I have very little to say about this match because I didn't like it, and it's not even that it was actively bad aside from the stalling. I just kind of was bored throughout, and then when it hit um hit high gear, it was sort of too late for me to care. Apart from the ending, um, where Cody brings out a table and they're fighting on the top turnbuckle, and you know, rules of wrestling, you set something up, you go through it, and Kota foot stomped Cody, didn't break, did it again. Japanese table break, as in there was just a hole in the middle and a gash in Cody's back. And that was brutal. Big ups on him for doing that. But for the most part, just a lot of stalling. I know some people really like this match. I did not like it whatsoever. Um, Given that 6 out of 10 overall. Um, It's a match of two hours. The second half was really, really good. But the first half was just boring. Just boring. Damn it, Cody. I want to like you. I really want to like you. Next up was the main event of the evening, Kenny Omega vs. Hangman Page. And before we get into the match itself, I'd like to make a comment on Hangman Page and how I think he's treated a bit unfairly. Like, he's really good. People say he's the worst member of Bullet Club, and it's like you haven't seen um, Takahashi. But, no, he's really, really good. I-, I saw him at Ring of Honor live in Edinburgh for War of the Worlds, and it was him and Beyond Bucks versus the boys in Dalton Castle. And it was a really good match, and he did some crazy stuff. Like, he did his shooting star off of the apron... Um, and he just took some crazy bumps for it was basically a house show. If you're doing that just for the purposes of a live audience, I'm not going to give you shit because, you know what, while I may think it's stupid, you're doing this to entertain us, and 
Yeah, he gave it his all for a house show, so I'm not going to complain. Like, so many people were dialing it in. Like, the CMLL guys were definitely dialing it in. Um, Naito was dialing it in, which I don't really blame him for because he was just coming off for G1. But so, a lot, so many were dialing it in. But Hangman Page wasn't, and I really respect him for that. I'm always going to respect him for that. But that being said, this is definitely the match of night one. This is a great match. Um, It started with Cody um, blindsiding Kenny. Um, it all sort of resolved itself. The match started, um, if you want co- if you want to context of how crazy it was, with a snap rana and it kinda just never stopped from there. Um there was a walking brawl outside and hangman page did the rite of passage on a table on the floor. Ouch, and that was like in the first minute of the match and the match would have never slowed down. Um Hangman Page did a um top rope to the floor Moonsault, which wasn't the best idea of an Astro and Ibushi match, because nobody's really going to care, because Ibushi just did it better not too long ago. Um, Ke- Kenny did a DDT on Page on the chair, after Page attempted a DDT on the chair. <laughs> it was just never it was never stopping, the pace never really slowed down. Um, Page is biting Kenny, started biting Kenny, which was for me was very interesting, because... It, that's what Cody does. I think it's good that a lot, a lot of Cody's tendencies is being passed on to Page because he's the only one with a concrete alignment, really, and because he's really aligned with Cody, and uh, that makes sense because they spend so much time in Ring of Honor together. But yeah, I'm just really happy that Cody influence is going into Page because it sort of helps the divide. Um, Page did a great slingshot with Lariat over the barrier. I thought that was really cool because um, Kenny did the you can't escape roll through into a moonsault thing outside. He rolled through, hesitated on the moonsault, miss landed, and sort of Paige was over the um, barrier and did his slingshot shot lariat into it. It was great. Um, near the end of the match, of course, V triggers are plenty, an absolute plenty. Um, this time after Kenny missed an insiguri, um Page counted it into a fucking deadlift bridging fallaway slam. It was a thing of beauty. Like, that's strength I'd expect from Cesaro, not Hangman Page. Because Hangman Page, he's bigger than you'd think in real life, but he looks quite small. He looks like he's quite scrawny. And he's not. He's actually surprisingly buff. But yeah, Page starts to brutalise Kenny. And then um, Kenny comes back with a you can't escape um, for a two count. Kenny look, um, hits this cross-legged netbreaker onto the knee thing. Again, finger beauty. Um, V-trigger missed, and Paige um, fails to counter and gets V-triggered anyway. And it's sick. It fucking every V-trigger was sick. Um, he just kept stepping into them. There was a great bit where he tried to um, counter with a hand, with a whistling slot lariat and almost got hit, but got V-triggered anyway. Like, so many counts were just like, oh, you've been V-triggered anyway. Anyway, so um, backslide in, into a V-trigger, into a Tiger Driver for a two-count. A fucking Tiger dri- Driver. Wow. And then another V-trigger into a One-Winged Angel, and that was it. This was 100% the match of night one. Such a good match. Like, if you don't think Hangman's good, he... Again, he hung with Kenny Omega. Like, it's very hard to stay at Kenny Omega's level. So many haven't been able to do it. Um, Suzuki couldn't do it. Kenny moves at such a high rate. It's just very few people in the world can keep up with him. And Hangman could. Hangman definitely pulled his weight here. And you know, that just deserves all the praise in the world. I actually believed he could win at several points. Um, Hangman is 
great. Um, and if you don't believe it from this, go watch any of his Hungbok matches because he is just really good and he can keep up with the more athletic members of Bullet Club. Um, he's done really well in losing. Um, he has He's a really good worker. He needs a better persona than the whole hangman thing, in my opinion. I don't really like it. But I'm really looking forward to seeing where he's go- he's going to take this. And, he, you know, he's, if he's ever looking good and losing, this is it. This wrapped up night one. Great. I can't think of... a be- There's definitely not a better match on night one. It didn't stand up to the two big matches on night two. Don't get me wrong, but it's still a really good match. Nothing to complain about. Well done, Hangman. Well done, Kenny. On to night two, which I didn't watch all of. I'm not going to lie. There's only so much of New Japan tag matches you can really take... So I kind of skipped to the end of them to see if there was anything interesting story-wise. One of them did, I know we're getting into that, but for the most part, I'm just not going to bother with the second night of tag team matches because I didn't watch them. There's no point in reviewing it, absolutely no point. That being said, after another LIJ vs. Suzuki gun match, holy fuck balls, Chris Jericho is back in New Japan. He's going to face that team Naito. It's going to be great, and I'm really looking forward to it. I don't think the title needs to be on the line. I very much think this is something that doesn't require the title, especially since it's been building up since January. But I'm really looking forward to this match. um, Naito is great, having one of the runs of his career since the G1 last year. Jericho, he just proved earlier this year against Kenny how good he was. And again, he kept up with Kenny Omega and at some points was definitely leading that match. I think in a story sense, he was definitely leading that match. And he can still go. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I don't think it's going to be as good as Omega because Naito's not as good as Omega. Not many people are. It's like basically Okada and AJ Styles who are on the same level as Okada. And then everyone else is just one peg below, which isn't an insult. It's just how things are. And I'm really looking forward to the match. As I said, I don't think the title's needed. I get the IC title in WWE is definitely associated with Jericho. And I think putting the icy towel on him would be a little nice wink and nod. But I don't think New Japan are really into like little wink and nods towards WWE. So, no, doesn't need the title. I'm still really looking forward to it, but I think the title being on sort of makes it a bit predictable. But then again, we predicted Jericho wouldn't be back in New Japan, and here he is. So anything could happen. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know anyone who isn't. Next up was my most anticipated match of the weekend, Kushida versus Will Ospreay, who has been having... The terror of his career, just every match he has is match of the night or a match of the year candidate. I can't think of one like major match he's had this year, but it's a match of the year candidate. That Fatal 4-Way at Wrestle Kingdom was glorious. That uh, match against Takahashi was a car wreck. And that match against Skull, while I argue isn't as good as people say, mostly because he almost killed himself, I think a match where someone actually almost dies is not a match of the year candidate. Was still really good, probably match of that night. And this is no exception. This is definitely match of the night. Um, Osprey really needs to slow down. Don Carlos said it best, where Osprey is the a supernova, and we need to appreciate it while it's here because it's not going to be here for long. That is Will Osprey because I'm scared. He's I love Will Osprey. He's been amazing, but he just almost killed himself every time he's out there. Like I'm always going back, going he's legitimately hurt this time. He's just not gonna make it to his next match. Like, he is basically living match by match. And he wrestles every match like, um, like it's his last. But people talk like that's a good thing. He's not going to be here in like five years. He's going to be in a wheelchair. And that's really concerning. Because this was a really good match. And he hasn't had a really bad match in a very long time. But I love this match. And um, it started with some awesome chain wrestling. Which I never expected to see in a Will Ospreay match. 
which I should because he's done it before. But these two are so evenly matched and they know each other so well. Counter after counter after counter. Um, Kushida here was some very smart targeting of the bicep and the neck, which was injured from the night before. Um, they repeat. They didn't repeat any spots from the night before for either, which I'm very happy about because the came was the catching armbar I raved about. Um, that was in this match, but it was on the outside from the barrier on the floor, and I thought that was really good. He can tap out. Um, every time Osprey was almost put into the hoverboard lock, it was a thing of beauty. Just the look of fear on his face. It's just amazing. Um, Kushida was in control for a lot of the beginning of this match because of Osprey's injuries. Osprey just had a lot of hope spots. Um, at one point, they almost got Spanish flying each other off of the apron, which was worrying because um, that's what almost killed Osprey last time. But it didn't happen. Um, Osprey broke kicks Kushida onto the floor. Who hits, get this, a fucking rolling DDT from the floor up into Osprey on the apron, dragging him down onto the floor. Oh god, it was, it looked brutal, it looked so clean. Oh my god, just oh my actual god. Um, he keeps almost putting in the hover lock, Kushida, and Osprey sells it well. There was the great sequence at the end where Kushida was about to hit a back to the future from the top rope to the floor. Not to the floor, to the um, mat. And Osprey gets down and puts it into an arse cutter and then goes into his new move, the Stormbreaker, which I think is a really good move and I think it's a really good step to Osprey not killing himself in the future because it's it's, it doesn't hurt him too much to do it and it's not going to injure him as badly as a 630 would. I, it's just a good move in my opinion. Um, what a match, that end of the match, and what a match, match of the night, just, these two know each other so well, and they're incapable of having a bad match with each other, so, I'm not going to complain, um, for Super Juniors, I hope these two don't meet for a while, I hope they don't meet in the, um, finals, and I hope they don't meet at Dominion, because I think they need a bit of time away from each other, I think this needs to be like a once every year, twice a year treat, not all the time, but this is definitely a match of a night. 10 out of 10. Just amazing match. Best match of these two have had, in my opinion. After the match, Tamatoga came out to confront Osprey, and he said there was the idea to bring in someone into the Bullet Club to turn coal into diamond, which I think is a great line. And then Bone Soldier appears behind Osprey, attacks Osprey, and I'm just looking at this guy who's meant to be Bone Soldier, thinking, you're too ripped to be Bone Soldier. What the fuck's going on here? Um, so, but yeah, gets up, takes off the mask. Holy fuck balls, it's Ishimori. What? No, like, yeah, wow. What? I don't know what to, like, there's no words. Yes, yes, I'm really happy about this. Ishimori is great. And if you haven't seen him wrestle before, just put him into YouTube. He's not had, I don't, he's not had a bad match I've ever seen. Even stuff is in Impact was good. Just, it's a shame skill had to be buried to bring Ishimori in, because Ishimori is now the main junior of the Bullet Club, by the looks of things. That's where they're positioning him as being. He's in the he's in the best of Super Juniors, and it's going to be great. It's going to be unbelievably amazing. He, I'm really looking forward to him being in there. Just, but Tama did bury skill, like saying skill couldn't get the title, so we have to bring in someone who actually has a chance. And it's like, ouch. Like, Don't bury the other members of Bullet Club, please. Just don't do that. Like, that's why I'm slightly sad that Skill's sort of taking a step back. Because he's really good. Just, Ishimori's better. He just is, I'm afraid. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the best of Super Juniors. 
Ah, good. Ishimori in New Japan. Yes. Next up was the main event of the weekend. Okada versus Tanahashi having their eighth match in their series. They've never had less than a great match, so everyone was looking forward to it going in. Especially me. I love Tanahashi. I'm seeing him in Edinburgh next week. And, oh, God, it's going to be great. He could just be wrestling fucking... I don't know, Punishment Martinez, and I'd still be happy because it's fucking Hiroshi Tanahashi, one of the greatest of all time. He has the Hogan charisma with the work rate of Kenny Omega. It's great. But anyway, what a match. What an amazing match. I don't think it's as good as the Osprey match, in my opinion. Some have been saying this is the match of their series, the best one in their series. I don't think that. Personally, I believe the Wrestle Kingdom match is still up there, better. And even their G1 match, um, their last one from two years ago. I think is better than this, but I think it was a really good match. Um, some really good spots. Like, um, I love the story in this match. The story in this match was great. And it speaks a lot to the... I don't know how to put it. The charisma of both men. But the headlock spot at the beginning was still captivating. Like, when Cody can't get away with that because he doesn't have the charisma for it. When Tanahashi had hit Okada in the headlock, and every time Okada almost got out... And Tanahashi put him right back in. That was great. That was captivating stuff. I love the story in this match of Okada can't out wrestle Tanahashi, but he can out force Tanahashi. Like, Tanahashi will wear Okada down, wear Okada down, wear Okada down, and then two big moves from Okada or something, and Tanahashi just can't recover after for a while. Like, he was out wrestling at the beginning, then two Hangman DDTs, and that's all she wrote for Tanahashi for a while. Just, uh, it's a great story. It's a great way to structure a match because I don't believe Okada out wrestling Tanahashi, per se. Um, there was a great spot also with the his um, Okada's drop kick spot. Um, Okada puts him on the um, top turnbuckle, tries to kick, um, to drop kicks him off. Um, Tanahashi holds on, skins for Cat, tries to get Okada down. Okada tries to counter into a tombstone. It was just an amazing spot. I don't know how no one got dropped on the head. Although Tanahashi hit a tombstone at some point in this match, Tanahashi should not do tombstones. It looked like Okada's head was going to hit the mat. It was far too close for comfort. Tanahashi should just not hit them. Um, Tanahashi's high play four is looking great as always. There were some great spots like when Okada drop kicks um, Okada drop kicks Tanahashi. Tanahashi gets straight up into a sling blade. Just always great. There was no, not a single botch in this match, as you'd expect, for two of the best in the world. At the end of this match, um, Tanahashi just kept slapping Okada, and each slap was actually brutal. Just kept slapping him and slapping him and slapping him. And eventually, that's how Okada, um, Tanahashi got caught and the Rainmaker gets caught and put into a Rainmaker. It was just beautiful. Um, great match. Not the best in the series, in my opinion. Again, I think the G1 match and the Wrestle Kingdom 10 match was better than this. But a really good match. Meltzer gave it 5.5 stars, I believe, which... Yeah, I just don't like that Meltzer broke his system. Really makes it hard for me to tell if he really liked the match or not. Which I know is not the be-all and I'll probably go into more detail about that next week when there's no really any shows. But, yeah, great match. Can't complain. Um, 10 out of 10 for me. Um, but... No botches, and it was captivating throughout. There was never a point where I'm like, oh, I wish for us to stop. I'd always be like, oh, God, Tanahashi could actually win this. And I'm sad he didn't. But then what happened after the match was the best thing ever because Okada called out Kenny Omega to a no-time-limit match because, of course, they went an hour. So 
And then Omega puts it up to two out of three. And then Okada says, yes, yeah, so at Dominion, two out of three falls. Okada, Omega, wow. Wow. Like, that's just going to be insane. I can't imagine a better stipulation for these two men. Because Okada's not going to wrestle in an Extreme Rules match. And it's just the perfect way to end this rivalry. I mean, they're definitely going to wrestle again. I mean, Tanahashi and Okada's rivalry ended two years ago. But they still wrestle. It's going to be like that. I think this is going to be like the pinpoint of their rivalry. And then they're going to remain rivalries, if you know what I mean. Um, This is going to be insane. Overall, this was a great weekend of wrestling. New Japan never puts on a bad show, and there certainly wasn't one. Um, um, Okada having his best match all year. Um, Omega getting the best out of Hangman Page. That fucking Osprey match. Jesus, man, slow down. Just It was an amazing card. Just go out. If you haven't watched it, go watch the headline matches at least. They're all worth watching. Even the Cody match, which I didn't like. I can still see people liking. So... Really good card. Definitely check it out. I've been Chris O'Brien for the Young Lion Podcast. Thank you for listening to my first podcast. If you have any feedback, please leave a comment or a review. Because it's, this is my first podcast. I I understand there's definitely might have been some problems. But how am I meant to get better if I don't know them? So please leave your feedback in the comment below. Tell me what you thought of Wrestling Dantaku. I've really enjoyed talking about it. I've really enjoyed watching it. Signing off. Bye, guys.